people in the same room, you're never going to have the same exact agreement on healing. Just let it go. What is the point? The point is God's word says that he's a God of healing and he asks us to call on his name and he will heal. Now it is true. Everyone that was healed in the scripture passed away and went to be with the Lord. So understand, Jesus always has an eternal perspective. See, even sometimes we think healing in this lifetime is the end all. I tell you, being with him for eternity is the end all. (laughs) That is what we're going for. But this is what I can tell you. The word of God says he knows what your needs and troubles are, and it is his pleasure to answer your prayer. So as we look at this passage this morning, Jesus encounters Luke chapter 8. We're going to start in verse number 8, looking at 42b, the end of verse 42 through 48. Praise the Lord. Read with me. But as he went, the multitudes were pressing against him. And a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped. And Jesus said, who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes are crowding and pressing upon you. But Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are so many things that doctors still come to the end of their rope and they can do no more. You know, we immediately think, of course, of those things uh, that are diseases that we have no cure of, and God has given us some incredible uh, blessing over the years in healing diseases, but there are some that for whatever reason, we have not been able to find an answer. But I tell you, it goes far beyond physical disease. See, that is at least something that we can somewhat grapple with because it's in our bodies. But I tell you, there are more suffering under mental anguish that doctors cannot touch. 
There are those who have suffered under whatever the sin. Sometimes it's the sin of others that have put it on them. Sometimes it's their own sin. Whatever it is, there are some that are under such mental anguish that although they've gone and they've tried everything, they still are under the affliction. There are those that have had things, again, done to them by people or have brought on them own selves sometimes. And there are consequences of sin and they're so emotionally scarred they just can't escape it. No matter what they've done, no matter how hard they've tried, no matter what the issue, they cannot escape the emotional anguish of reliving that thing over and over and over again. And I tell you that doctors and everyone on the face of this earth will come to their end. But there is one who is able to heal there is one who is able with a absolute, just barely even a whisper of a touch can take it all away. Now you first of all say, Pastor, how do you know? Because I am one of those whom God has healed. And thank God by his grace, though in mental and emotional anguish, I can say to you today, I have been set free by the power and the healing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So as we go through this passage of scripture, I want to just quickly point out what is happening as we go through. First of all, the condition, poverty, and hopelessness of the woman was real. It is undeniable. This is a woman who was reeled in pain for years. I've listed the other scriptures because sometimes uh, we get a little bit more of the story as the authors focused on one particular point of the story that they saw. And so I've mentioned Mark 5, 25 through 34 and Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Because in these other parallel gospels, you read that she not only was in misery for 12 years under many doctors, but it literally says she spent all she had. She spent it all and did not get better. Now, I, I don't know what that number was. The Bible isn't clear. But wherever we are, Think about being under such duress, such bondage, such need of healing that you spent everything you had, whatever that figure is. And then it says, at the hands of many doctors, she endured much. I remember taking my little uh, girl, Samantha, uh, when she was how old, babe? Two, almost three. 
I'll never forget literally having to hold her hands down on the table as she looked into my eyes as they tried for the sixth or seventh or eighth, I don't know what it was, time to poke a vein because she was so dehydrated, there was nothing. They poked one vein and all that came was dried blood. And I remember her looking at my eyes and the fear and the agony. And I literally had to turn my head. And, all, and, and although I couldn't grab my ears physically, I was mentally putting my fingers in my ears. And I was crying out, God, do something. They literally said, uh, if something doesn't change, there's nothing we can do. I didn't know this, but we had a board member that was praying at that moment. Bob and Roberta Carnes woke her up in the middle of the night and said, the enemy, Satan, desires the child. Pray. And she began to pray. I remember going home after what seemed, I don't know, it was 11 or close to midnight. I remember laying in my bed and I was despondent. I didn't know what to do. I remember having finally fallen asleep after many tears and prayers. And as soon as I got up, I raced out the door, got to the hospital. There little Samantha was sitting up in bed, drinking out of a sippy cup. And I said to, to Jill, what happened? She said something in the middle of the night. The nurse kept coming in every other hour to weigh her. It was that desperate. And she said somewhere without anything, she didn't take any, any uh, fluid or anything, somewhere in the middle of the night, she came in to weigh her and she had gained an ounce or two ounces and they went, well, how did that happen? And from that moment in the morning, she sat up in bed and was thirsty. Praise God. He's a healing Lord. He's a healing God. And he knows. He knows. I've often had people say, Pastor, if he is a healing God, why is it that some are healed and some are not. This is not uh, unique to me, but I do believe it is powerful, and that is a pastor friend of mine that had an incredible story. It's too much to, to go into detail, but in the midst of being on the mission field, he got uh, robbed and uh, beaten and uh, crushed his skull and raped his wife and his daughter and all of that. And he never could figure out. He, he just, it suffered. And, and in his mind, he battled with it. And he said, Lord, why is it that sometimes it seems like you, it seems like you're not caring. It seems like that you don't answer. And he said he really believed that the Lord gave him an answer when he went back to Palau, where, yeah, Palau. And there he was met by the president and the president 
presented him with a wreath and asked him for forgiveness on behalf of the nation. And there at a meeting where he was preaching the gospel from the back of the service came one of the men and gave their heart to Jesus. Now, a couple of things. The only way that man would have made it to the front without having not survived is that God did a change in that pastor's heart. The other thing is that man gave his heart to Jesus, is saved, and I believe involved in ministry in that country like never before. And he said he believed the Lord showed him that son, only when there is something of eternity that is in balance that you don't understand, you can't see what I see. You don't know what I know. This is what I will tell you about the character of God. He's holy. When something happens that somehow doesn't line up with us, I will tell you, he is on the throne and he loves you even more. As I was holding Samantha down, she thought I was the worst father ever. All she could see was the harm I was allowing her. And yet I knew if I did not do it, that her life could be taken. How much more on a grander scale does God know? 12 years she'd endured, she'd endured much, a lot of money. And instead she did not only get help, she grew worse. So it wasn't even where she just status quo she got worse. But this woman was determined. She heard Jesus was there and she pressed in. This scripture says the crowd was so immense, they literally almost crushed Jesus as he tried to get through the crowd. There were so many people that when Jesus said, who touched me, Peter thought it was a joke. I mean, could you imagine? I'd have done the same thing. You got to be kidding me. Who? Did you see all these people, Lord? You, you can't be serious, Jesus. And yet Jesus said, somebody did because I'm aware of it. And immediately, the scripture says, immediately the blood dried up. Now, I do want to tell you something that sometimes in our zeal for maybe healing or maybe sometimes motives that are, uh, I'll just let the Lord handle that. But sometimes we malign the character of God. And, you know, I, I think most of the time it's, it, it's well-meaning people that pray over somebody and then they say, now if the Lord's healed you, you, you continue to, to say it over and over again unless you lose your healing. Where do I read that in Scripture? I don't read it anywhere. I read that those whom Jesus touched were healed. Hallelujah. 
I read that those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. Hallelujah. I read stories of people who weren't even saved and Jesus still healed them. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We serve a huge God. We serve a big God. And when I can't understand what he's doing, sometimes my mental capacity and the thoughts of God are like trying to funnel a, 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 an elephant through a straw. But I know one thing. God is still God. And I'm only the straw. It's not God that's the trouble. Immediately her blood dried up. The second thing I want to say to you is Jesus perceived it. Do you know that the fringe of his garment, he, he had on a prayer cloth most likely because that was Jewish tradition. And on that prayer cloth were, uh, were tassels. Literally, this lady that pressed in just touched possibly it says the fringe the fringe of one of those tassels possibly and Jesus was aware of it no wonder the scripture says he has the hairs on your head numbered he knows you if you've ever thought I wonder if God knows my situation he does I wonder if God knows my heart cry he does I wonder if God knows this is miserable he does he does he knows there is nothing that he misses nothing And immediately she was healed, the scripture says. Hallelujah. I not only have been healed of emotional and mental scars. That's kind of a neat story. I remember the first time that I really, that I really understood that God healed me. And my wife has been such a blessing to me. Uh, but we were talking one time and I remember recalling a memory with my father that all of a sudden was good. And she stopped me and she said, Brian, for the very first time in our marriage history, you have remembered something of good from your father. She says, that's God's healing. And I recognized it was such. I recognized that all of a sudden, those painful, horrible memories, when I talk about now what happened with my father, it doesn't bring the anguish and the, the disturbance. I can talk about it knowing that it is part of my past and he has healed me. Hallelujah. But he also, one time, when I was uh, a youth uh, leader, we were going down the Deschutes River. Cold, don't ever do it. <laughs> we, 
It was fun, though, I will say that. It was great. And anyway, Jill and I were dating at the time, and uh, I remember carrying a raft out because we had almost lost a girl in the midst of the, the uh, uh, yeah, raft. <laughs> had to grab the word. Completely flipped. And she somehow got underneath the undertow, and we, we thought we had lost her. We found her down the river a little bit in a pool. But in the midst of that, we packed up, and we were going out. And I remember putting one of the rafts over my shoulder with my youth pastor. And as I stepped out, I hit, whether it was slime or moss or whatever it was on the rock, and I remember flipping completely up and landing on that rock on my back. And I remember when it hit immediately I felt numb. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, because I could not feel anything from the waist down. And I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. My youth pastor stopped and he said, do you need help up? And I said, I'm in trouble. And he said, okay, well, let's pray. If you ever want to know whether God can simply use a vessel... My youth pastor at that time, Jill's youth pastor, unfortunately, and every time I mention this, I pray for him. His name is Lenny Alderson. Would you pray for him? He, is, he has walked away from the Lord. It crushes me. I don't know whether he was hurt. I don't know what happened. But he prayed for me, and God heard his prayer. And I got up after about 10 minutes of him praying and walked out. And I said, God, I believe you healed me because I know what I felt and what I didn't feel, which was more scary. And God touched me. So I know that he's able. But listen to this third point. She then is discovered. There she is in the crowd, and she's discovered. And, and she could have been stoned to death just because she was there with an issue of blood. I mean, they could have stoned her on the spot because she was unclean according to society. And she could have been stoned simply because, again, in society, you didn't grab a teacher, especially if you were a woman. Now, let me tell you, women, God doesn't hang up on what we're hung up on. The Bible says you're all equal at the foot of the cross. That there is no distinction between male and female. Hallelujah. We're all joint heirs with Jesus. Hallelujah. But sometimes we get caught up on it. And this woman could have had all kinds of things happen. But she humbled herself. She humbled herself. And she began to tell her testimony to everyone around her, to everyone. She told her story to everyone, and it was a story that how Jesus had healed her. Jeff, I know you're nervous, but you're going to do great. His knees are knocking and he's in a wheelchair temporarily. <laughs> That's a feat. <laughs> but if you've, not, if you've not gotten to know this couple, I encourage you to get to know them. They are a neat couple. 
that God is setting free by the power of his blood and grace. And I want Jeff, although God has just been transforming him over the, the year or two or whatever it is now you've been walking with the Lord, the Lord had done something here in this recent time of him injuring his leg, and I want him to share about that. Um, I was struggling really severely with um, my relationship with my wife, with God. I felt really convicted over the alcohol use I was doing, which has been in our life from the beginning all the way through my parents, their parents, all my aunts and uncles. I got a serious problem I got to try to deal with, and that's what I plan on doing. <sighs> um, I had some high blood pressure going on, and uh, um, they were messing with the medication as well. I did have a couple, I had three alcohol beverages, which I say, oh, that's simple. It's only three. Well, three 24 ounce, uh, 16, 14% alcohol will get anybody loaded. Anyway, I'm. I'm hiding it from the church. I'm hiding it from everyone. God knew, though. And I was trying to make up with Kim. I cooked dinner. She knew I was under the influence. And, of course, we had a few grumpy words before bed. And I stayed up. And I went into the kitchen because I had low blood pressure, really low. And I passed out. And my leg got hooked somewhere. But... I, I honestly, to God, think it was God breaking my leg to straighten me up and make me understand. I went to the hospital. I was still contemplating how to get alcohol. I'm not kidding you. It was like everything to me. And I needed to refocus my attention back to my faith, to my relationship with my wife and my family. And not be convicted over drinking alcohol and trying to pass the word to other people because I felt inadequate. Well, anyway, I spent, they were, you know, through the first two surgeries, I didn't really think much about it. But after I came out of that second surgery, I felt like Jesus was on my bed and the Holy Spirit was working with me. I mean, he has been working with me. He talks to me every day, constantly. He tells me what to do, what not to do, and I don't listen all the time. But he cured me. He, he healed me. I have no want for alcohol. I have a great relationship with my wife, rebuilding. I am on a mission to help my family get through this evil curse, and I just thank him so much, and um, I thank you, God. Thank you. <laughs> the Old Testament book of Hosea, chapter 6, talks about the Lord has broken us but he will heal us 
See, he is really a father who cares enough about you that it's about eternity. It's about eternity. Jeff, thank you. What, praise the Lord. What a testimony for Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> she came, she fell down at the feet of Jesus. She told her story of how she was healed. The humbleness, the testimony, and the faith of that woman were rewarded. And my point is this, when Jesus says, woman, your faith has made you whole or well, that means that she just not only got healed, she got the whole package. <laughs> Hallelujah! See, in the scripture in Luke, in Luke's gospel 19, there's told the story about 10 lepers. I have to tell you, well, how do you know, well, she got the whole package, let me tell you. There were 10 lepers. Jesus healed every one of them. And there was one. There was one that was so gripped by what God had done that he came back and found Jesus. And he came at his feet and he began to thank him. And Jesus said, where are the other nine? Is this the only one that has come back? And Jesus said, and he's a foreigner. He wasn't even a part of the Jewish nation. He knew nothing of God. But Jesus then looked at that one and said, you are healed. Meaning he came back, he got the whole package. All 10 of them got physical healing. Only one of them got the whole package. Hallelujah. <laughs> and she got the whole package she could have slipped out of that crowd and never said anything and had her physical healing, but instead she was willing to come. She was willing to put herself in a precarious situation and God did even greater thing. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back to the platform. I want to share a scripture with you. Isaiah 53.5 says this. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Are healed. And that word healed means physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healed. I don't know what your situation is today, but that isn't nearly as important as you knowing that God knows your situation today. And I'm simply going to be obedient to God. And I'm going to ask you, if you are here and you are in any way needing a healing mentally, emotionally. Sometimes those in of themselves, you know, I did for years. I put on a great front. I told people, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need to be healed. But until I let Jesus in, I never knew how bad off I was.
if you're here and you need healing mentally or emotionally, God wants to heal you today. If you're here and you have something physically you need God to touch, God heals today. He's a healing God. If you're here and you need to call upon your Savior because you are not in relationship with him, the Bible says that if you will just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, he'll remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. So I want to make a call this morning. And I want you to come. I'm going to mention all of the areas. First, because I want to be able to pray with you and read scripture. I'm going to ask if there anyone is here that you would say, Pastor Brian, I need spiritually to be connected again with God. I am lost. I do not have salvation. I don't have him. I don't have that Holy Spirit in my life like you talked about. I want him. If that's you, I want you to slip out. I want you to come right here because I'm going to come over here after we get everybody up here and I will lead you in a prayer. Nothing in what I do or say. This is all about Jesus. We're just going to be obedient to him. Then I'm going to ask you if it's physical, emotional, or mental things God's needing to heal you of. I'm going to ask that you come. I'm going to ask that you make your way. You may, it may be uncomfortable. You may need to, to, like the woman, push through some stuff. Do it. Do it in faith, believing that God's going to heal you. So right now, wherever you are, if you would like to come, mentally, emotionally, physically, come. And let's see. Let's pray and ask God to move.